you know, the Who's song, Who Are You? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. That's, you know, and I walk into the living room and she's like singing this song, vacuum. And I'm like, what song is that? And I turned off the vacuum and she like turned and looked at me. I'm like, mom, what are you singing? She's like, you know, that song, cool water, cool water. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Human Element, Kara's podcast about injecting insight into modern marketing. I'm so excited. I'm joined by a couple of folks from Facebook. I'm going to have them introduce themselves. Thanks so much for coming. Great. Thank you so much for having us. Um, Akash Katari, I lead global product marketing for our global partnerships business at Facebook. And I'm Jason Daly. I lead Facebook's partnership with Dan in the U.S. And uh, always with the goal of figuring out how we can help uh, Dan and all of its uh, agency brands drive growth in digital economy transformation. Oh boy, that's a you, you had that ready. That was that was teed up. I like that. Uh, Akash, Jason, thanks so much for joining us. We're so excited to have you. So let's talk a little bit about your roles, if you don't mind. And Akash, I want to start with you, yep. if that's okay. Tell us a little bit about your role and, and how that's come about and sort of what you sort of worry about as it relates to stories. Yeah, absolutely. So our team's mission is just to be the voice of our product in market and to be the voice of market back to our product team. So what we're doing is we're understanding the biggest shifts in consumer behavior and then how we can actually build advertising formats to help businesses and agencies reach their goals. And stories is one of the biggest shifts in consumer behavior we're seeing. So a lot of our energy uh, back in Menlo Park and what we're building is all around focus on stories and this transformation and how we can help brands and agencies actually leverage this format. Got it. I actually have a ton of questions on that, but I'm going to pass it to Jason to do his role and then I'm going to come right back. Yeah, so we really think about uh, our role as an agency team in in three parts. One is um, helping each agency brand to figure out what their core objective is and how we can support that as a partner. Um, so is it new business? Is it driving differentiation? Is it helping out on certain clients? Uh, the second aspect from a Dan level is really trying to help drive integration. So that's more about how do we scale best practices and learning. So where we see pockets of things that are happening well, how do we pick those up? Uh, productize those and then ship them out across the network. And then the last piece really is around driving innovation. So how can we help Dan be at the forefront of what's happening in the marketplace um, so that they can deliver really great ideas for their clients? So Akash, I want to get back to you just on one thing. Uh, So it seems to me, and this is this is probably completely ridiculous because it's my own observation. Those are generally speaking the worst. Um, but as I look at my kids, so I have a 15-year-old and 18-year-old, there are two kinds of people in the world. <laughs> there are stories people and there are non-stories people. Yeah. Um, they are stories people. I, sadly, due to my years on earth, am not <laughs> one. How is that true? And do you kind of are you constantly sort of thinking of ways to drive sort of greater adoption and and making people more stories people. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest things that we're always focused on as a company is meeting the consumer where they are. And stories has been this format that has naturally combined the way we share, right? Text, video, you hold your phone vertical. So it's just a format that has really met consumers where they are. We're actually seeing adoption across the board. Um, So really across all demographics. And it's been one of our fastest growing products at Facebook. It started off as just an Instagram stories conversation. Uh, But we recently announced there's 1 billion stories shared each day across the Facebook family of apps and services. So you'll hear this year, uh, Facebook stories, messenger stories, and actually our biggest stories product is WhatsApp status. 
So oh, really? WhatsApp status, uh, 450 million people, and it's one of the biggest stories products that we have. And so you're starting to see this format actually permeate yeah. across all of our apps. And now if you, if you open up any of our apps, Facebook, WhatsApp, Messenger, you'll actually see the stories product front and center at, at our apps. And so it's been this format that has kind of overwhelmed us as well, where the consumer is actually adopting to this medium faster than brands can actually catch up. And part of what we're focused on is how do we help close that creative gap? Yeah. How do we help build the right tools to help businesses actually measure the impact? Because it has been such a fast-growing medium. Yeah, Jason, that kind of leads us to you, I would imagine, mm-hmm. in terms of how how are you helping brands sort of drive adoption or become, in effect, better storytellers within that particular product set, right? Yeah, so I think there's a couple things. The first is getting them comfortable with the actual platform itself. Thinking about consumer insight, uh, one of the things that uh, we like to talk about is this idea of thinking fast and slow in different systems of thinking. So um, for anybody who's familiar with Daniel Kahneman and his book, Thinking Fast and Slow, he talks about this idea that as humans, we have two ways of thinking, system one and system two. So system one is the very fast, automatic, just rapid response kind of thinking. If you had an experience where you're driving somewhere and you're like, get there, and you're like, how did I get there? That system one, where system two is where you really have to use your brain power. So if you say, what's one plus one? Automatically, you know it's two. If I asked you, what's 355 divided by 12.2? System two kicks in. Yeah, system two for me is I was an English major. (laughs) Exactly. Right, which is, I don't answer questions like system two. I want to be clear. So the observation is that we all have this uh, capability. And so for brands, it's actually getting them to play with the platform. So we do something called Story School, Mm. where we actually bring in um, some of our creative folks. And we actually, we don't talk about advertising. We don't talk about brands. We talk about how do people actually use stories and how can you play with it and just get acquainted with what the actual platform is. So that's the very first piece. Um, And then the second piece is really underscoring what the opportunity is. And so, you know, AK talked about how there is this gap between where brands are and where consumers are. And so that leads to two things. One, it means there's a huge opportunity for innovation and getting a leadership uh, role in the marketplace. But also there's a lot of efficiencies there from a marketplace and from an auction perspective. And so it drives great performance. And so when we can highlight for brands those kinds of results, they really get inspired and want to want to take action. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you can see the power of it, right? This idea of whether you're a brand or an individual curating, in effect, your life, right? Curating what it is that you want to tell about that particular day or about who you are. Um, and that's a that's a really a really powerful tool, but it also brings with it a a certain level of new skill requirement and and new resource requirement, right? So if you're an agency or your brand, um, you a may not have those skills on site, and b the, the the degree to which you actually need net incremental resources because of the demands to do the work. How do you help brands kind of think about that, right? Because yeah. a lot of marketing organizations kind of exist frankly, in a, in a pretty resource-constrained environment. So how, how do you sort of say, look, this is a really powerful tool. Yep, I agree. But how am I doing that with my you know, one and a half people I got on my social team? Because this, there's a level of both skill and time requirement that's significant. Yeah, so I think on the first piece is it 
it is very, it's different and the consumer behavior is different, but it's, there are a lot of things that are similar. And so things like story school help to really demystify what some of those common misconceptions are. And we actually show people that it's not as hard as you might think. Mm. So that's very, you know, on the, how do we make this real and tangible for people? And then I think AK, you can probably speak to some of the stuff that we're doing from like a tools perspective to make it easier to help teams automate and create creative for the platform. Yeah. So I I think on, this is the time when you guys take over the podcast and I stop. (laughs) Like you're now asking each other questions. I'll be back in about 25 minutes. So yeah, I think to make it easier to run stories creative, there's a couple of things we're doing. Um, The first part that Jason mentioned is, is the tools part. So actually in our interfaces, if you're an advertiser and you're a brand and you actually upload a piece of creative, how can we actually help you automatically resize that to get it into a a vertical creative? So we're making that easier. Um, The second thing is we're investing in programs where brands can actually submit a piece of creative and then we'll actually connect them with a Facebook marketing partner and we'll actually help to create story-specific creative. And then the third piece that Jason mentioned is just the thought leadership piece. So story school sessions, story time sessions. So how are we actually helping media and creative agencies come together to actually create for the platform and then figure out what's the best media strategy to run behind this product. So, uh, and this is for both of you, who's doing it the best? I would say um, the beauty the beauty space has been really leveraging this platform. Um, if you think of Instagram, very visual app, and you're trying to take this visual inspiration. And so beauty has been a just a vertical and in an industry that has adapted to this format. Apparel has, has been another um, that's very visual. And you think of these these brands that are very visual. Well, the, the apparel space is, is remarkable, particularly direct-to-consumer, right? They're like, you know, my entire Instagram feed is filled with like, you know, I... I bought some ridiculous T-shirt once over. I won't tell you my problem, but anyway. Uh, and now I'm inundated with, hey, we are a you know direct-to-consumer bootstrap, you know, uh, lifestyle T-shirt company. You know, don't you want this one too? And I'm like, oh my goodness, you do. And then <laughs> you, you go out and then you go and you purchase it. Yeah, no, I bought, I bought. A, I think two at this point. They were specific needs, and I won't get into the specific needs. So yeah, so that obviously that's a it's a, it's great for that kind of. And I think the you know the brands who were already leaning heavily into Instagram, so it, it makes sense. You know, beauty brands, fashion, retail. They were probably they were the ones to first catch on to stories because that was where they were already playing a lot to begin with, and so. A lot of great examples there. There's another great example. I like some of the stuff that United has recently done um, with Dentsu Aegis around using some of the interactive features. Mm. And I think that's, this is again where stories can tap into the system one thinking is it's ephemeral, it's fun, so you don't have to be completely serious. And so how can you play and be more interactive with the content and then bring those consumers in to, to the story that you're trying to tell? So uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask two Facebook guys about privacy. Um, obviously, it is a topic that sort of has dominated our industry and will continue, I think. In your opinion, what has that conversation evolved to in, in 2019? Yeah, obviously, this has been a huge focus for us over the past year and will continue to be a big focus. Uh, I think last year we understood that there's a lot of consumers out in the industry that might not know why they're seeing certain ads, um, how their data is being used by the platform. And so we have a huge responsibility to actually make this clear. And we have a huge responsibility to figure out why consumers are seeing the ads they do. If they want to stop seeing certain ads, give them the controls they do. Um, another thing is simplifying our terms of service. Um, so that, that's been a big focus of ours for privacy. Um, and then later this year, we'll be launching a feature called Clear History which will allow consumers to disassociate their content from websites and apps. 
And so the idea is we want to we want to make it clearer to consumers how their data is being used, what it's being used for, and really put them in control because trust and privacy are, are the foundation uh, of our platform. So just to follow up on yep. that last bit, so what you're suggesting is if I've, you know, as a consumer, highly leveraged Facebook Connect on a number of logins to different applications and web environments, this would allow me to say, you know what, I want to start all over again. We're going to make it easier, exactly. Okay. So that, that's the feature that Mark talked about last year, and we're working to launch it uh, later this year. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, because I can't even tell you how many different places I use. Yeah, I mean, people forget. For me, it's the default login. I've used it any number of places. Of course, and yeah, you know, a lot of this, it makes your experience off of Facebook easier, mm-hmm. right? Uh, on a lot of apps and websites. And so we want to make that information more visible yeah. and make it clear and put to consumers that, hey, you have the option to disassociate the websites and apps that you're linked to. And so we want to make that kind of more front and center to consumers. Right. And so, you know, you, this past year, we've launched a number of these features. And so you'll continue to see that velocity in protecting consumer data this year. So changing gears just a little bit, and this is just a question that I, this is literally just me in yeah. the moment. I, because I'm a marketer and I think lots of weird marketer thoughts, right? And I think in terms of portfolios of brands and what brands are stand for and who they're traditionally aimed at and how those targets change over time and how you reinvigorate a brand to a particular audience, be it younger, older, whatever. When I look at kind of the suite or portfolio of Facebook brands, do you do you guys, have you taken a portfolio approach in terms of age-based demographics? And I, again, this is drawing from a very small observation, right? So I have an 18-year-old, 15-year-old they wouldn't go to Facebook if it were literally, no offense to Facebook, it's just no. it's, it's not in their thing, right? They, yeah. they also don't go to television, by the way, right? Like these are things that don't exist to them. Um, but they live and die on Insta. So uh, do you guys, when you're thinking about things, are you like, all right, this is something that we're going to do in a particular audience because this is a particular platform aimed at that in our portfolio and this is aimed at a different demographic or is it not that discreet? It's not as discreet as you might think. Yeah. Um, you know, if you think about when we launched Watch this year, our mm. basically our destination for long form content. Yep. You know, we've started to invest in content that is attracting all different audiences. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the perception that we might be weaker on a certain demographic. Well, your argument is two billion people is two billion people. Yeah, and and so, <laughs> you know, we're starting to we're starting to see based off of products that we launch. Obviously, stories is something that you know might skew to a little few younger audiences. Yep. Um, but we're starting to see with Facebook when we bring on Watch as an example, like we're starting to see younger audiences attract to specific types of content. Sure. Um, and then WhatsApp really just used globally yep. uh, in, a, in a massive way. And so it's not as intentional, um, but it's more about like how do we build products that are just serving the community yep. in the way we think. And if you think about like your own life, people, you know, you evolve, you change. And so we want to build these products and platforms that can meet you where you are, wherever the need is. And so yeah, your, your your children might not be on Facebook today, but you know they turn 25, 30, maybe they are. We just uh, we bought a new house uh, in New Jersey, and I'm connected now with. Uh, by the thank way. you very much. Whereabouts? Big uh, Newark, Newark, oh, New Jersey, right, awesome. Brick City. But so now I'm connected to, and I wanted to get closer with the community of the neighborhood, yep. and so I'm now using the Facebook group of um, the local community association to get connected to neighbors and activities. And so that wasn't a need that I had before, but now it is. And so, you know, people's 
interaction with the platform will, you know, depend on what's going on in their life as well. So you're now my neighbor. I live in Westfield. There you go. Oh, nice. eight, eight miles away. We'll invite you over for, for dinner. And and I'd be fancy. <laughs> we'll be there. I'm Store telling school. you. I, my kids will go anywhere for food. <laughs> the next podcast there? Yeah, perfect. There you go. <laughs> um, so... It, when you think about 2019, what are kind of the spaces? And obviously, we're at CES, so every you know, it's both January and we're at CES, so you get this question all the time. Like, what yeah. are the spaces you're kind of looking at with your little crystal ball? Where where are the places that you are focusing on, either from a product perspective uh, or or the discussions you want to have with clients? So, uh, from my perspective, there's three focus areas really. So, number one is stories, which we're talking about today. Yep. The second is uh, in-stream and watch. So uh, AK just talked about watch as our destination for long-form video on the platform. So we're seeing a lot of exciting progress in terms of not only how consumers are engaging with the watch and the long form content and the success we're having there, but also advertisers who want and need a different video experience and thinking about how we monetize that. And then the third would be AR and VR. So we're doing an innovation session for the Dan team today, just around getting people's heads around like, what does this actually mean for brands and what should they be thinking about over the next three to five years? Yeah, I think AR and VR, kind of the the next wave of storytelling, right? It started off as text to photo, to video and AR and VR being that that next wave. From an ad product side and what we're building, we actually just had an announcement uh, yesterday at CES. We're actually bringing a new interactive format to stories, uh, which is polling. So Mm. polling is something that is a consumer format that consumers have just loved. And so our theme this year will be, how do we bring more interactivity to a lot of our formats and really help brands take advantage of all the great ways consumers are already connecting. So our product philosophy is, you know, build great products and help consumers organically connect and figure out their behaviors and then figure out how do we then evolve that to an advertising format. So mm. one of the big things is, is bridging that creative gap. How do we make it easier to run creative on the platform? Uh, as we talk about the proliferation of stories across surfaces, how do we make it easier to run stories formats across Surfaces. So creative will be a, a big theme. And then the second one is just measurement. Um, measurement really focusing on true business outcomes. You know, we've seen stories as a format drive the, that full funnel experience and trying to get brands away from the proxy metrics. Because, you know, that, that, that is a, that is exactly, <laughs> that is a, a big focus. So measurement will be an, another big theme for us this year. If, if you could sort of say to yourself, all right, there's one topic that I don't see people in our industry talking about. How would you? Assess that. What is the, what is the one thing that people should be talking about in our industry that they're not? You know, one of the biggest things. This is on the creative side. Is how fast consumers are adopting to a new medium, and how how much of a catch up brands have to play. And that that is that is a space that can be overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and they're always brands are always coming in, and, and I'm sure you guys have similar mm-hmm. conversations of. We're seeing this rapid consumer growth and. It's process, it's tools, it's investment, it's time, it's resources. And so I think one of the big things is like how fast the shift is happening. You know, Mark said this year in 2019, stories sharing will overtake feed sharing. Right? And that and that's that's a that's a big shift. And I think people thought like, hey, I'm leaning into this space, I'm playing in this space, but this this shift is happening faster than I think a lot of us are anticipating. And we're trying to help close that gap of mm-hmm. how fast consumers move um, and how fast brands have to catch up. I think one thing that I would add to that, and it goes back to the creative piece, is how do you bridge the the gap between media and creative? Because you can have the most well thought out 
strategy and media plan. And if you throw crap creative up there, guess what? It's not going to work. And in a lot of the studies that we do, we find that creative can be one of the biggest differentiators of performance. And so it's how do we get the creative community and um, people who are thinking of the big ideas to also catch up to the speed of where the platform is going and where consumers are. Yeah, I, you know, it's on our platform. It's funny your your ad as a as a brand. You know, we're still seeing thirty second ads sometimes on the platform. Like that video is competing with a photo from your mom and a, a recap from your college roommate, right? So that that brand as when you're inserting yourself in someone's feed, whether it's stories or feed, like. That is a that's a massive onus um, yep. on on having creative that truly connects, and so we're just laser focused on helping brands just find the right creative that will connect with people in a way that doesn't feel intrusive. Yeah, um, I, I think it's something some marketers have understood, but a lot have not, and that is it's it's infinitely more intimate than a lot of other media, infinitely. So let's change gears one last time, and then we'll get into the lightning round. I, this just came to me. So there is something interesting about being a Facebook employee, right? There, that is a unique privilege. It's a unique you know, uh, place to work. And so I'm wondering, what is the craziest either question or anecdote you have from a, either a family or friend interaction because you work at Facebook? Good question. So Good I, question, yeah. I, so before Facebook, I actually was at Google for seven years. And I, what I would get a lot is like, hey, my business isn't loading right on Maps. <laughs> And I was like, well, I, I worked at so, Microsoft for a long time, and I always get, you know, can you come fix my computer? Yeah. And so, you know, now, now at Facebook, going back to the data question, I think consumers are becoming more aware of of how digital advertising works. You know, mm-hmm. I had family party. Hey, I, I was on J Crew's website, and then I saw an ad on Facebook for that ad, and, and it followed yeah. me. And this must be this must be Facebook. And you know, the reality is, this is how digital advertising has worked for yeah. for years. And so part of this, I think, as it relates to data as well, and it'll be a focus this year, is kind of demystifying uh, how this works, why you're seeing certain ads. And so, you know, I get a lot of basic questions just over the holidays of like, I'm seeing this ad, why am I seeing this? And so I think that's that's one that I've gotten a lot specifically yeah. over the holidays. Sure. I would say related to that, it's the are you listening to our conversations? <laughs> To which no, we, that's Amazon. The, the answer is the answer is no. Amazon is listening. We are not. Amazon is absolutely listening. We are not listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is like demystifying. So, oh, like you know, I didn't realize, or I'd forgotten I had done a search, or maybe it's because I'm being look, you know, targeted based on location. So there are all these other factors that go into why you get served an ad, and so helping people to understand like what those factors are, and um, yeah. Um, let's jump into the lightning round. Are you ready? Yeah. So, all right. Here we go. Best career advice you've either given or received? Uh, mine has been pay it forward. And I think in, in all of our lives, we've all been helped by a mentor or a colleague. And I've always asked them, hey, how can I, how can I pay you back? And their advice to me has always been paid forward. You know, there's going to be someone when you're in a position that you can help someone else. And you know, this may sound fluffy, but this world will be a better place if we all have the mentality of paying it forward and helping out people the way we've been helped out. AK, we don't allow fluff on the podcast, but, but we'll accept <laughs> oh, I gotta, that. I gotta, wait, I was just thinking of what I got. A, a, a Are big you going to get even fluffier? Yeah, I was going to get right, even good. fluffier. All right. Um, so my grandfather, who's now 101. No, this um, is 100% fluff. 100% fluff. All right, 100%. All right, go ahead. You have to, go ahead. Um, so he, he would always say, once the job has first begun, do it till the job is done. Be the labor, great or small, do it well or not at all. So, wow. yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, thank you both for that. Uh, the thing people should know about you, but they don't. Uh, personally, 
Uh, I do stand-up comedy in New York. Really? On the side. Yeah. So it's something I've been doing for the last two years. Something I've always personally enjoyed. I've, I love writing. And the idea of a joke is making someone see something a different way Absolutely. than they wouldn't have. So stand-up comedy, I, I perform at different clubs in New York. So That is the entire Jerry Seinfeld philosophy, right? Exactly. Yeah. Here, here is something completely normal, but let me change it. You know, twelve degrees. Exactly. Uh, lay a joke on us. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you can't put that out there and then not tell a Come joke. Exactly. Oh man, um, <laughs> that would be appropriate for this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh good. Oh man. So my mom, she was born in Singapore, so she doesn't understand common phrases that we know and use. Yeah. So growing up, she always used to refer to desserts as happy endings, and so. <laughs> <laughs> You don't. You don't need anything else. That, right, that, that's, that's, that's the punchline. That's, that's it. it. It's literally that joke ends with an ellipsis. You just stop, and it's funny. Uh, Jason, go ahead. Think um, somebody should well, know. I don't know if you, you should know know this about me, but I love to bake. Really? And so recently, my daughter and I have we've started taking on some of the, like we'll watch baking competitions and we'll try to recreate some of them. And so this past weekend, we created a, a snowman cake. Nice. Now, yeah. how old is she? Uh, Eleven. That's all. That is a perfect age for the baking competition. Yeah. So, you know, I never know. Like, if this, you know, Facebook thing doesn't work out, then <laughs> I'll see you at the comedy cellar and uh, I'll be selling cupcakes outside. Perfect. <laughs> Guys, I cannot thank you enough. You've both been fantastic. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate thank it. you so yeah, much. Thank Thanks for having us. us. So, that's a wrap for this one uh, here at CES of the Human Element. We have all kinds of other ones coming out uh, shortly. So, please, anywhere you get your pods, Uh, jump in and listen to them. And thanks so much. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.